What's good, everybody? I'm Justin Miller, owner and host of the Legends of Athletics podcast, and we're back with another fresh episode. Before we get into it, of course, I got to make sure the housekeeping is taken care of. So don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, and rate this podcast. That allows us to move up in the rankings on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We thank everybody that has been a faithful listener uh, as far as helping grow this podcast to the point that it's at. And of course, I always want to give y'all something new. I always want to make sure that we're introducing y'all not just the concepts as far as sports and performance, but also concepts in your life and whatever avenue that you choose to, to be in. But today I have a, a another connection. Y'all know I'm always on social media bugging people to, to join a podcast. So today I made a great connection with Coach uh, Hunter Lakey uh, from MSU. He's an assistant strength and conditioning coach. I hope I got that last name right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> a strength and conditioning coach at Mississippi State for the baseball team. And if you know anything about MSU baseball, Unlike football, we are a powerhouse there. So, um, so, the, so football this year we we took a rough patch, but but they'll they'll be all right though. I think they're gonna bounce back, making some right moves. But baseball is definitely a big thing here in Mississippi. And um, just to give a little background about Coach Lakey, is uh, he interned at Western. I hope I say this right. All all months high school. I think yeah. I've just messed that up completely. And also with a strength and conditioning coach at uh, TCU. As well as Texas A&M football, uh, Elon University, and now, like I said before, he's at uh, Mississippi State University. And I'll pass it to him and let him tell you a little bit about himself. And after that, we'll jump right into it. So, Coach Lakey, you got it. Yeah, absolutely, Justin. Thank you for having me on, man. I'm, I'm super excited to chat. You know, uh, we, we had a good conversation prior to it. So I can only imagine, you know, the next couple of bits going to be uh, be pretty good. But, um, you know, you kind of gave the quick rundown. You know, I originally getting to where I'm at now and getting those places that I ended up you know, working at is I played baseball all my life, you know, growing up. It was one of the things where I played a lot of sports just because, you know, I, you know, my parents thought it'd be great for me to, to be able to, you know, play with friends also, uh, you know, play other sports. So I, I played basketball and football. And then kind of when I got in the middle school, you know, eighth grade, seventh grade realm, I, I realized that baseball was something I really loved and something I wanted to pursue. And so um, I ultimately tried to, to pursue that alongside football for a bit. And then once I got to high school, I kind of focused just on baseball. And um, I think that was kind of the time where I realized that I wanted to uh, pursue sports in college. Um, unfortunately, you know, if, if, if you know where I'm at now, you know, I did not play sports in college. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those things where, where I had good intentions. You know, it was one of those things I uh, tried to really work on, you know, everything about my game, even to the point about, you know, emphasizing the, the physical aspect, the strength and conditioning aspect. So it was one of those things where my day in high school would look like I'd get up at 530 in the morning, I would go to the gym and, you know, train with, you know, one of my trainers. And then I would get back, shower, eat breakfast, head to school, schoolwork. Uh, if we were in, you know, baseball season, I would go to practice, uh, you know, do a two, you know, all hour long practice. And then after that, I would grab some dinner, head to the baseball cages, pitch, hit, whatever I needed to do. And then uh, after that, it was, it was homework time. So I was honestly, it was, it was a, it was a tough schedule. You know, that's kind of the schedule of a college athlete. And it was one of those things where I actually ended up, you know, not really harping on the, the recovery aspect and my training wasn't really that great. I, I wish yeah. back in the day that, that I knew what I know now because um, I definitely could have helped myself, but I ended up actually getting injured. And, uh, and it was one of those things I went through the rehab process, went through the strength process. I loved learning how to, to get stronger, you know, how I could be able to increase my game. That was kind of something that I was passionate about. And, you know, ultimately when I decided I was ready to step away from baseball, I was kind of burnt out. I uh, was like, all right, now time to figure out what I want to do for, for a living. Right. So I exactly. ended up, you know, looking at a lot of schools, 
uh, applied to a lot of schools. I really love the exercise science uh, degree that Elon University had. And, you know, it, it also helped too that, um, you know, it was closer to home. And so I ended up attending there, spent four years there, worked as uh, an intern there for my first two years in the sports performance department. And then ultimately I uh, ended up as an undergraduate assistant, primarily working with baseball, football, uh, and women's lacrosse as well. But I did work with every sport at Elon. So that was my home right there. I spent four years like a fantastic organization. If you don't follow them on social media, I mean, they, they're, they're the cream of the crop when it comes to strength conditioning. You know, if you're in strength conditioning, a lot of collegiate, you know, um, athletic teams know Elon. So I was, I was yeah. very fortunate that that wasn't necessarily what I intended to. I wasn't going to go into college necessarily pursuing strength conditioning. It was an avenue that I thought of, but I wanted to pursue medicine and I was just lucky that I ended up in, in the right spot at the right time. So, yeah, man, uh, uh, I'm listening to you. You good? No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it kind of sounds like, uh, I guess, kind of the same thing, man. I, I, I To give a, a brief background of myself, um, I initially went to MSU uh, undeclared, and then I declared my major in mechanical engineering. And, of course, as we see, I, I one day woke up and changed my mind. I was like, hey, I want to be part of sports. And initially, I wanted to work in sports med as far as, like, a orthopedic surgeon, but I played a little bit too much in undergrad. And so uh, – you know, kind of sports performance kind of fell there, and it was a new field, especially here in Mississippi. Um, it's not very big. Even today, it's not very big as far as, like, outside of universities. Um, and, man, it kind of went from there, and the, the sky's the limit. So, yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from on that end of the, of the spectrum. Dude, it so, sounds very similar. I mean, I took that first <laughs> chemistry class, and I was like, I don't know about this, man. I don't know if I want to go PA, PT, medical school. I don't think I could do four more years of chemistry like this. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I guess uh, you kind of you kind of uh, have already talked about what sparked your interest in strength and conditioning. And so I guess what what, in your opinion, makes a good strength and conditioning slash performance coach? Um, let's say within the school capacity, we'll, we'll go there. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, relating to a school capacity, but also relating to any capacity. I think mm -hmm. a really good strength and conditioning coach is, is a teacher, first and foremost. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of those things that you know, the best coaches I've been around, they, they teach the why, why they're doing it. And I think it's a powerful thing when, when athletes know that every part of their training, there's a why behind it. You know, like it's one of those things I tell athletes all the time, especially at our school and anywhere I'm at, you know, everything in this training program, everything I'm queuing you up on is, 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 you know, there's a why behind it, right? There's a why right, right. of why you're doing this, you know, why we're putting it in your program. It's not just, just any kind of fluff or, or anything like that. Like this is all on the quest to make you a better athlete and how it's going to relate to you being able to play your sport to a better capacity. Um, so I think first and foremost, you know, being a, being a teacher is the first thing. Cause you never want to show up into a program and just have somebody tell you like, you're doing this cause I told you to, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a concept behind it, you know, obviously mm -hmm. you're going to do it, but at the end of the day, you want to know that, Hey, this guy is my best interest in mind. And, you know, he's, he's seeing me as an athlete, wants to train me like an athlete. Um, I think also, you know, that kind of backs off. Usually when you're a teacher, you can kind of see the athlete for the human being that they are. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, for me, it's important to see them as human beings because, I always think of it like the weight room, the, the field, academics, everything like that. Stress is holistic, right? Um, exactly. It's one of those things that the stress in the weight room, that's physical. The stress on the field is also physical, mental at times. You know, the classroom, what they got going on in their extracurriculars, that's all mental. You know, it all compounds. It all comes together and all that stress is equal, right? Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where I understand these guys – have lives outside of sport. They have lives outside of the weight room. You know, it's one of those things where sometimes a guy may come in fatigued, you know, because maybe he had to stay up late because he had a test. Or maybe he came in down in the dumps because he failed that test. Or maybe his girlfriend broke up with him. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, vice versa. But it's one of those things, understanding the human element of knowing that, you know, 
training, you know, while it's important to have a plan set out that not every day you're going to come in, that plan is going to be executed, you know, right, to right, a team right. because, you know, it's one of those things where something, whether that's practice volume or their outside stress has come in and like, you know, infiltrated that. So, you know, I think athletes can recognize that when you see them as a human being first and foremost, and not just like, you know, as, you know, just somebody you're training, it, it's a powerful yeah, yeah, yeah. thing and it builds better relationships. But, um, you know, kind of getting the technical side of things of a, of a good strength coach is, is somebody that teaches you how to move for first and foremost, right? You got to exactly. think of yourself as an investment for a lifetime, right? Like these coaches, we're, we're not just trying, especially, you know, within our program here, we're not just trying to um, bring you into the program and day one, we're trying to get as much weight on, we, on you as you, we can, right? We spend a month building out weight. I don't care, you know, if you came in squatting 400 pounds, you're going to come in and we're going to teach you from your feet all the way to your head how to properly move and that's number one for a health standpoint right mm -hmm. we want our athletes to be healthy again like i said you're a lifetime investment and for a program like this you're a three to four year investment so it's one of those things where the numbers are going to come the weight is going to come but it's one of those things where i want to make sure that you're in the position to be able to be healthy so I mean, when we do add weight, you can move it functionally sound and you're going to be healthy doing it but also at the end of the day making sure that you're coached almost to perfection in that technique there's no leaks. There's no cracks in the form that you're doing. You're moving that weight or you're, or you're sprinting, uh, you know, at that speed with maximal output. There's, there's, there's no, there's no breaks in any kind of chain there and, and mm -hmm. you know, you're getting the max out of it. So for me, it's a health and perfection standpoint. And that's something where, you know, if you come in and, and, you know, they're just trying to, you know, lift you like, you know, anybody else, then maybe you should, you know, kind of reconsider that because at the end of the day, if you're just starting out moving, you want to make sure that you move well. I always tell my athletes, yeah, make yeah, sure. Yeah. If I'm treating you like I'm building a mansion, I want to make sure that the foundation of my mansion is set, right? Mm -hmm. I, because at the end of the day, if I don't take my time and make sure that the foundation, everything, every brick that I put on my foundation is properly laid, then four years down the road when we're building the house and something cracks, then we've lost all that progress we made. Now we have to go back to the foundation. We have to rebuild the house from the ground up. You know, like it, it's mm -hmm. just one of those things where I just have to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that that's something that we really harp on in the beginning, because, you know, even though it is tedious and, and long and boring, sometimes it's important. It's important for you for the lifetime. Um, and I think my last thing, honestly, is, is is training you like an athlete, a good performance coach. You know, they're going to they're going to emphasize the weight aspect, the strength and conditioning aspect. Super important. You know, I just made a post about this today, you know. When it, when it comes to, you know, training like a D1 athlete or training like a collegiate athlete, it's important to make sure that your strength program is there. You're gaining weight uh, with your nutrition and your recovery and, you know, you're lifting heavier, you're gaining more size. But at the end of the day, it's also important to make sure that you're doing athletic movements. You're sprinting, you're jumping, you're throwing, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, we talked about this, you know, you can't just have everything siloed out. It's got to be all exactly. together, you know? Exactly. Like for us here... We sprint, we do a warm up, we sprint, we jump, and then we go into our weightlifting program and we actually hit a main movement like a, like a trap bar or a split squat. And then after that, we uh, contrast it with some like light jumps, right? Mm -hmm. So we're still like touching both ends of the spectrum every week. We're sprinting guys two to three times a week, you know, with maximal rest. We're not doing 110s or anything like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We're treating these guys here like, like sprinters, you know, because they had the day sprinting is one of the most explosive movements the human body can do. So, uh, you know, I always tell these athletes, you know, hey, like, you know, like I said in the beginning, if we're going to, you know, if you want to be an athlete and you want to be a better athlete, we have to train you to be a better athlete, right? That's not going right, to be right. just exclusively in the weight room. That's going to be, you know, the athletic portion, putting your body in unfamiliar, you know, places, allowing your body to, to figure itself out cognitively, right? Allowing your brain mm -hmm. to create the pathways to allow yourself to be like, oh, you know, if you're on the field, you know, your body can instantly 
pull that, you know, cue or pull that movement out, you know, and, and it's one of the things you're comfortable with position. It's not like you're in an unforeign territory, right? So exactly, um, exactly. that's kind of kind of a long-winded answer. But, you know, I, I think that the technical piece, just as I think the um, the person piece, just as much as the technical piece is, is, is incredibly important, you know, because mm-hmm. again, you, if you're going to a college setting, you spend as much time with the strength coach as you do with the head coach. That's yep. why for a head coach, it's one of their more important hires. And that's typically why it's their first hire. Um, on a staff so it's one of those things where you have to consider that for a strength conditioning program as well yeah i think i definitely uh, agree with you i think that uh, a couple of key points a couple of, of key points that you hit on was working from the ground up really focusing on technique and you know addressing the holes within the within the uh within the system i know one thing that we talked about kind of before we got on on air was uh we spoke about charlie francis and one thing that i read in his training systems book is talking about athletes, and I think he, I think he was able to uh, articulate it a little better than than I have been able to. Is you know some athletes come in and they're asymmetrical. Some athletes just naturally have a lag biomechanically in one side of their sprinting form, and you may fix that, and then you may cause more harm than good. And then some athletes, uh, ideally, we want most of our athletes to be symmetrical, uh, which is why we do unilateral training, bilateral training, things like that. Um, but the one of the key things is being athletic and i think anybody um that is going from season to season one thing that you have to look at especially when looking for a trainer is when you're looking for a strength and conditioning coach is um how athletic are they making me and are we doing a lot of athletic movements are the two questions that i would probably probably pose um because the reason i say that is you know a lot of times in football i use football for instance i work with a lot of football kids is that you know, we get so caught up in being muscle bound. Uh, how big can I get and not how big and functional and speedy and athletic can I become in the same breath? And that is a longer process um, that just takes patience. But the payoff is a, is much greater than just mastering that one skill, especially as a high schooler. Um, a middle schooler, even a collegiate level athlete, because if you have the potential um, to go to the next level, to be a professional, right? If you have that potential, it's going to be there. It'll be there. But you want to make sure that we we have availability. I always tell y'all this, availability is the best ability. So we want to make sure we're available. And the more time you spend on the field, the more chances you have at getting film out there, uh, creating that opportunity to be a professional and things like that. So that's one thing I always try to preach. And I know a lot of people don't like hearing it because let's be honest. We still got coaches out there. I played under them. The old school coach tell you, I want you to gain 20 pounds by in a year. And you just go home and you eat everything in sight. Uh, it's bad weight. Um, and then you lose a lot of things that made you great before the 20 pounds. And that was one of the things that happened to me in my career. I started gaining weight and just gained and gained and gained. And the speed left the explosiveness left. And I never knew any, any why any of this stuff left until I got older. And like you said, you alluded to this point earlier. I wish I knew then what I know now, you know, which is, is not really realistic, but you know, I just wish I knew more about you, my, my recovery, uh, protein, uh, versus carbs, uh, fats, things like that. And just, you know, how to help myself be an overall athlete. Cause I couldn't do the same thing. And I think a lot of times coaches like that. And I don't want to, you know, take a bad a bad swing at coaches i think the heart is in the right place but the the communication uh comes off wrong because 20 pounds i ideally 10 pounds can look like 20 if it's gained right 
Um, and I think it's the look aesthetics. It's the, I want you to look more like that and not actually go and do it. And so I think, like you said, going to communication, uh, with, with players, uh, that's sometimes where we get mixed up because a player hears 20 and I don't care why the coach is like, yeah, I kind of, you know, that's just a communicate, a miscommunication that, that can really cause problems. Like, I mean, I don't know if you want to, you know, if that's something that you've run into or anything like that. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, dude, it's one of those things where it's like miscommunication. It's like you you tell somebody something, especially like you know an athlete. You know, God love them to death. You know, you you tell an athlete, you can tell them. We have some athletes. You know, you tell them anything, they'll run through a brick wall for you, right? And it's right, one of those right. things. That, like you give them a cue, and maybe you just necessarily didn't like harp on it too much, and then it's the wrong movement. You're like, oh, hold on, let's let's, let's take a step back. So like, yeah, a thousand percent. Like there does have to be sp- some specifics in it, and you know. Are even like you know even even the coaches I've worked under you know are always like you know I want our guys to be bigger you know I want our guys to be to be to be to look bigger you know to be stronger you know to, to be faster and it's one of those things where you have to sit down a lot of times with your coach and be like all right like what what, is, what does that actually mean like do you exactly. want these guys to to you know physically look stronger do you want to be mm-hmm. bigger like you know you want guys to be faster but at the end of the right, day too right, right. we're gonna have to do some speed work right and it's one mm-hmm. of those things where it's like breaking it down of asking them well, why like 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 why why do you want to do that or like. Or like, what do you what do you see from gaining this? You know, a lot of times, what you'll find is that when you ask a coach why, especially a head coach, they're like, they throw their hands up. They don't really know. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh I've either been, been taught this, you know, when I was younger, or like, yeah, you know, yeah. they're like, they're just like, they're just like, oh, you know, I mean, like, you know, it's 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 you know, it just looks good. I don't know, you know, it's it's one of those things. You know, it's something that um, you know, they don't really, you know, uh, think about in the long term. They're not expecting you to ask why, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I am going to say. The, the physical size piece is pretty important, right? It's yeah, one of those yeah, yeah. things where when I give a recruit a, a speech, a lot of times my big philosophy is that, like, you're going to get fast, you're going to get explosive, you're going to jump higher, you're going to throw harder, you're going to put on size and strength. But I think for the, the biggest thing, too, like, from a mental perspective is that, like, we are going to make you bigger. Like, that's just a byproduct of the training that you're going to do. Like, exactly. you're, like it, it, you don't have to train like a bodybuilder or a power lifter. Like, just by training normally, like with, with a good athletic program, you are going to get bigger. And there's something to say about like, you know, I felt it when I played, you know, I'm sure, you know, in playing football, like you, like, it's one of those things when you get in the locker room and you put on that Jersey and maybe that sleeve, fits a little tighter. Yeah. Like yeah. Maybe your wrist tape, fits a little tighter. It's a confidence thing, right? Like oh, I yeah. love on guys, like when you're on the field and that wrist tape is a little tighter, like you put on all, like, obviously like your, 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 uh, your tape or your Evo shield or whatever, like, you feel bigger and you get in the box and you have a little bit of confidence. You have a little bit of swagger mm-hmm. too, right? Like I, 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 that, that's something that's, that's kind of underappreciated, but like, I like that. Right. So it's one of those yeah. things like we're going to get you obviously athletic in that piece, but having that little bit of confidence, a little bit of swagger, making you feel bigger on the field. Like mm-hmm. this guy's about to throw this pitch. I'm about to like, I'm about to donkey stomp this over. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like that's the kind of confidence you want in the box. You, you don't want to get up and be like, you know, like, frail and and i think you you know you can't catch up to it like that's a big piece right it's almost like uh it's almost like when you step on the field uh like let's say you go from see we, we go from year one to year two and it's almost like you have that question in the back of your mind i didn't really do enough this off season you never want to feel that yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't exactly. want to feel that because that's going to stick with you for the whole year a trust thousand. me <laughs> you're like uh, i probably should i probably should do a little extra uh we'll move on to the, to the next uh the next one i said um I think you kind of alluded to this one of uh, how you became a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, we know we talked about your background in baseball. Um, 
as far as I guess I'm I'm gonna switch this question up a little bit, right? And tell me if you're if you're comfortable answering it, you can go with it. So I know you play baseball. Mm-hmm. So of of course, I'll say in my perspective, being a football player and taking the hat, well, taking the helmet off and putting the hat on was quite the it's, it's still a transition of like, man, if I had <laughs> if I had what you had, I would be so much better. How have you, um, I guess, what made you, or or as a former baseball player, how have you transitioned to the coaching ranks of watching these guys and being more of a coach than the player, uh, the mentality? Because it's two different two different mindsets when you're coaching versus when you're playing. Like, how have you uh, navigated that, I guess? Yeah, no, that's, that's actually a really good question. Um, I think for me... When I played baseball, I, I was always trying to be, you know, my teammates' biggest fan. Like, even if I didn't play a lot, it was one of those things where I was always trying to, um, you know, cheer them on when we were on the field. You know, I was always trying to be loud, you know, trying to trying to be there for those guys. And, you know, I think it transitions here to, to when I'm a coach, being their biggest fan. I, mm-hmm. I always say it when we get in season, but, like, after six or eight months of off-season training, when we get close to season, I'm like, fellas, I love you guys to death, but I'm ready to see you guys do what you do, right? I'm ready mm-hmm. to see you guys ball out because, you know, I've seen these guys in the waiting for eight months and I've been, been coaching them up and, 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 you know, seeing them there. And then once we get in season, I'm like, like, what you, like, what do you need? You know, like, like I'm here right, for right, you. Right. Like, like you feeling bad, like, all right, let's take it back a little bit. Like I'm always going to be in the dugout cheering guys on, you know, like I'm, 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 I'm there for them. I'm supportive for them. So that, that's a piece I, I kind of took for myself as a player. It kind of helped with myself and, and it creates buy-in with your players. It's one of those things when they see that you're just as invested in them and their success as, as you know, um, as anybody else, it's, it's a big connecting point for, for your athletes. And so that's something I really try, try to do and, and really try and, um, and harp on. But I think for me, you know, it's, it's a tough transition, especially, you know, if you're making that transition young, if you just finished playing, you know, I know that the coaches who, who finished playing, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, and maybe you hop on a staff, especially a high school staff or something like that. And it's, yeah. it's guys you played with, or, or like, you know, they're entering the senior year. It's tough. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough transition because you're battling the, the age thing, right? You're battling, you know, Oh, I played with this guy, but I think for me, it, it came from setting a strict line of professionalism. You know, it's one of those things that you can still talk about the good old days. You can still, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, joke around with them in a manner, but when, when it's time to get work done, it's time to get work done. Right. And I, I think anybody will realize, you know, when you come in and you, you let that be known, that's something where, um, you know, they understand real quick, especially, you know, if they want to be better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you come in and you tell your athletes, Hey, you know, I'm cool with us, you know, talking in between sets and stuff like that. But, you know, it's one of those things where when we get work done, we get work done. That's going to take us away from that. They, in their mind, they're like, all right, I can do that. Like I can lock in for the, for the sets I'm going to do. And then I'm going to go right. back. But um, I think it, it just takes, it just takes a while. You know, it, it, it's when it comes to, to transitioning from um, the baseball side of things or playing to the coaching realm, you know, it, it takes a while because I can tell you that it's like, I wish day one when I came in coaching that I knew the cues, knew the information and everything. And I was getting frustrated because I didn't know how to help these guys. Like I wanted the best for these guys, but I just didn't know. And it just mm-hmm. took the culmination of me showing up every day, taking notes, learning from people a lot smarter than me because I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room and trying to learn from them and, and just, just build out the long game. I talked about that at the beginning, but like as a coach, you have to realize just like an athlete, you have to build out for the long game. You know, you're not just going to go 
know all the cues or or know this and that. I mean, it's one of those things where there are people. If you if you go and intern at the collegiate setting, there are one of those things where there are people there who have a discipline, who have something they're really good at, and they've spent their entire life getting really good at. It, so learn from them. Um, you know, we're, we're we're definitely not. You know, even in performance, like like we talked about, you know, previously, like nobody really knows. You know, everything. It's one of those things that we just know enough to be able to make sure that that you know we can apply it best to our athletes, keep them healthy, safe, and you know, obviously making them better athletes. So I exactly. think it's, it's, it's a transition that's going to be different for everybody, but just making sure that, you know, you're, you're not thinking, you know, in your mind that it's like, Oh, just because I'm a coach, you know, I can, I can do whatever I want. Like I can say whatever I want. Like this is also a learning opportunity for you and take that space to be able to learn from your athletes, learn from the coaches around you, and then make sure that, you know, every day you're showing up and, and you're being the best for them, right? You can't have an off day. You have to be able right. to, to go in and, and be there for them, but also like take away something to better yourself for the next day. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's kind of the same, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think I think uh, what you said was key uh, at the beginning of your statement. You were talking about, uh, you know, after you see the guys for six to eight months, you know, you're ready to see them do, do their thing. And I'll tell any young coach this, as a sports performance coach, a strength and conditioning coach, uh, what whatever avenue that you're in, um, honestly, you don't see your work. It's, 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 the, it's the definition of delayed gratification. Uh, you really don't even know if it works until like the six to eight month mark. And you're like, okay, yeah, that, that worked. Oh, man, we should have did more of that this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, because once you get into the fight, it's a little too late to to change it then. And so that's how you, you grow and learn. And I think that the point that you made with uh, kind of building out for the long game, looking at the long game, is the best the best aspect and mindset that you can take to it. Because, um, you know, let's face it, these days um, people are labeled experts after six months versus – five years um and that's not always the case sometimes it is a case you don't really know uh there's i always say this is no such thing as an overnight success um especially in the world of anything that's technical most time these people have studied it learned it to a degree that may seem unknown and then they just blow up all of a sudden but uh, i will say this is like in the world of sports sports performance speed and agility things like that um what we get to is uh as far as coaches is like you know, we talk about this off air, but you get a lot of influence through Instagram. Uh, nah, it ain't Twitter anymore, but Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and things like that. Um, you get so much influence that it can make you feel like you're there. Um, but then when it's time for the rubber to re- meet the road, let's say you have an athlete that comes in and they're needing to, I call it ramping up in Legend of Athletics, I call it ramping up, basically preparing to get back on the field following the ACL injury, MCL, PCL, something like that. And you get that athlete prepared to get back on the field to play then that's where you have to know something. <laughs> like I'm gonna just be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest, completely honest. A lot of people get exposed at that point. Uh it's if you really don't get exposed, you know, with anything else. Uh, a lot a lot of high level athletes, most athletes again, we spoke about this off campus off camera. Um and I'll say this, this is from me. This is Legend of Athletics. Um you can basically throw any stimulus just about at most athletes and something is gonna happen. So um you know don't get caught up. Don't let your ego speak to you and say that my programming is the GOAT programming nationwide. Like, most, if you take an untrained athlete, I, I'm going to add that in there, keyword untrained athlete, it's probably going to work. Uh, where you get your money, where you get to where Coach Lakey is, uh, Coach uh, Beckham, we talked about him and, and, and some of these other guys. Um, when you get to that high level, what you get paid for is the little things. It's the details. It's can you take Kobe Bryant and make him develop a fallaway jumper that's unstoppable? 
it start that's when you start tinkering with the little details and that's what a lot of people you know that's why i want y'all to take away from this podcast and, and this episode it's like it's the details in the work um uh, and I, I i will say i apologize because this guy right here is uh i've never met him hopefully one day i can get him on a podcast my favorite all-time strength and conditioning coach uh scott cochran uh head and shoulders like in football strength and conditioning crazy maniac but I will say this: I had the opportunity, and this is the sidebar, but we're, we're staying within the within the Florida podcast. I had the opportunity in two thousand and and this is gonna show you all my age, but two thousand and eight to go to an Alabama um, senior invite camp, um, and he was the strength and conditioning coach there at the time. Coach, of course, Coach Saban had just came in, um, and that guy's the only coach that I've ever worked out with that had me sore for days and only using a forty five pound bar. I swear to you, like we didn't do anything that was crazy. It was like straight up. You talk about from the ground up. That's what it was. It was a D one workout, and uh, it it was different. So I mean, don't get caught up all the time and moving a lot of weight. Uh, I think I did a podcast, or either I did it on my social media, telling y'all about uh using physics when you're lifting weights. Uh, because some of y'all, a lot of y'all bounce weight off your chest. You you do the torpedo squats. Um, if you want to get strong, it's not that difficult. Now there are some times where you need to ego lift. Yes. And then there's times where you need to just build strength over time. And so that's just a, I ain't gonna say a sprinkle. That's a big, big uh point of what 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 my mindset is with uh strength training. I don't know if you want to add to it or or what. Yeah, no, I mean, you nailed the, you know, you you nailed it on the head. I mean, the basics for us, like doing the basics savagely well is kind of like the calling card that I I try to use with with our program here. You know, I always tell guys. Um, you know, it's, it's not about what you're doing because I'm going to be honest, everybody in the country is, is doing something. They're squatting, they're benching, they're deadlifting, they're doing whatever. But at the end of the day, it's about how you're doing it, right? Like mm-hmm. what is going to be the separating factor? And so for us, it's about one, doing the basic savagely well, and then taking that once you have that foundation down, those little details about being able to make sure that you're doing that movement to the, to the maximal intent. And, um, I, I think for us, we're really grateful here, especially at Mississippi state to, um, we have velocity training units. So it's one of those things where we can hook it up to a bar and we can see how fast a guy's moving, right? Um, And it's great. It's great for competition. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where guys are competing against each other. They're trying, when we're doing a split squat, guys are trying to get that bar and they're trying to throw it in the ceiling. Mm -hmm. That's that's the cue I use. And and I I love it. You know, I love the the intent behind it. I love everybody pushing ourselves uh, or pushing themselves, you know, to make sure that they are, um, you know, they're, they're obviously getting the max output and the max intent out of the movement. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, like I said, you know, like, I, there are you know five other programs in the country that I could name who split squat in, in baseball just like we do, right? right but the right. question is that like what kind of output are they getting from it? Are, are they just like coming in and checking the box and just yeah. saying, hey, I lift today, right? Or <laughs> yeah. am I coming in and I'm like, yo, each set, like like what I'm doing before I even go, I have a blueprint in my mind of how I'm going to move, right? From my toes to my head, everything is technically sound. I'm in the best position to move. And then from there, it's smooth on the way down. I'm coaching mm-hmm. guys up. Hey, like it's got to be slower. It's got to be smooth. You got to feel every part of the movement. And then when they go up, I'm trying, you're throwing that bar in the ceiling and that bar is going to come down. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that's got to be the mentality of every time. And that's, that's hard, man. It's hard to do it. Like people think like, oh yeah, the, the workout, you know, doing this exercise is really hard. No, like doing the, the basic thing savagely well and executing it with high intent. I mean, it, it's hard. You get gassed from it. You want to just like, you know, you get to that third set and it's one of those things where you just want to go down fast and come back up, you know, like yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to give that, that, <laughs> like, that next effort. It's one of those things yeah. like, like that's a, that, that, it's hard for a reason. And I tell our guys that like guys come out gassed from, 
they'll do a pull up and they'll go out and I'm telling these guys to throw a med ball. I want you to disintegrate that med ball. And they come in mm-hmm. gas. They're like, they're like, what in the world? Like I, I, I did like, like, why, why am I doing that? And I'm like, because dude, all your body needs is, 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 is one, one stimulus. All your body needs is one rep where it's been higher than the last ones. Your body from a, from a physiological standpoint is going to understand, Oh, like this, this isn't normal. This is something where, you know, this is higher than what we've experienced before. So it's one of those things now, the next time you experience it, your body adapts to it. So now you're maybe if you jumped up uh, a 41 on a jump mat, this is a perfect example. We have a guy here who jumped a 41 on the jump mat and uh, he came and, you know, it's one of those things he kept jumping a 41 and all of a sudden he, uh, he jumped a 42 one day and now mm-hmm. his jumps, his normal jumps his average is up because his body is now like, Oh, 42 is the normal. So now yeah, his body yeah. adapted to it. And now it's so, so it's one of those things where it's like, if you're expecting to, to increase and improve your performance with that sprint, weightlifting, you know, moving bar faster, or moving weight, heavier weight, you know, it's one of those things where you have to think, all right, I just need to be that 1% better. I just need that one rep. And I don't know when yeah. that rep's going to come, but I can't slack off because what if that rep is my next one, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And I, I'll say this. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll move to the next one is, uh, you know, what advice you're in the baseball space. So what advice would you give? High school athletes, we see high school. I think I, uh, most of us see high school athletes training uh, pretty hard. I, I would say I see more high school athletes now that train in the gym. It's more bodybuilding style workouts, but they do train. So I guess the question would be like, what advice would you give high school athletes to train for baseball with so many resources available? Uh, I think uh, here in Mississippi, I'll say for sure, uh, we see um, there's a rise in baseball facilities. I'm not saying that everybody's you know doing the best thing, but you know, they have more baseball facilities. You have travel ball now. Kids are playing almost 10 out of 12 months a year now. So what advice would you give the high school athlete to train for baseball uh, with, with all these resources? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, like you talked about, I mean, we get guys coming into this program and, you know, it's 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 really, you know, cool to see that these guys are coming in with a base of strength. You know, these guys obviously, you know, did their homework and, and they made sure to to go out and find a trainer and, and get consistent, you know, weight training. And, and that's really good. Um, I, I think for a high school athlete, especially somebody who's trying to learn how to lift, you know, like I think it's important if you're, if you're looking for a facility to train out of, especially when it comes to weightlifting, I think it's kind of an underrated aspect, but I think, you know, especially when you're younger, you want to make sure that you can go somewhere where you have fun because at the end of the day, when it comes to training, training has got to be consistent, right? It's got to be one of those things where, um, you know, the results, if you, let's say you work out, you know, once a week, if you take two weeks off, you know, the results just aren't going to be there. Like exactly. you're going to see the results over two to three months of training. Training is hard. And when you're at that age, you know, it's easy to, to, to bail out. So I say like, find somewhere that's fun to train, maybe with your buddies, like somewhere that, that they're going to push you and you're going to enjoy coming into the weight room every day. Cause that's such an underlooked aspect. I think of training, especially at a young age, like you want right, like, right. privacy or anything like that. You want these guys to have fun to keep coming back. And, and I, I think that's a very undervalued aspect. Like if you're going somewhere and you're just not having fun and it's just, you, you're not giving your all. Cause you know, when you're giving fun, you're getting competitive with it. Like you, you're going to give your all, like I talked about earlier. But, you know, if you're not, you know, it's just one of those things where it's a grudge. It's like, oh, I have to go. And then that's where you start getting the, the, um, the check a box just to exactly. come in. Like, I did it, right? Um, that's a super, you know, like underlooked aspect, but I think it's incredibly important. And then, like I said, consistently you're in your training. You know, like you can go anywhere. I'm not saying that, that one place is going to be better than the other, but you, you have to be consistent in your training. Like I said, you're not just going to like show up after a month of training and suddenly like, you know, be on par with a lot of these division one, division two, II, division three athletes. You have to do it consistently day in and day out. And that's super important. Like 
it just comes, like I said in the beginning, stick to the basics, you know, stick to the long-term, the process-oriented approach of making sure that when you find a facility, if you find somewhere that you enjoy going there and you can go there consistently. That's got to be your two big things. Mm-hmm. From a technical side of things, like I talked about, make sure you're finding somebody that's going to train you like an athlete and that's also going to train you from the ground down. It's going to give you the movement basics, going to teach you how to move your body and how to move it in a safe and effective way. Because I can tell you this, our program here at Mississippi State uh, Arkansas baseball, LSU baseball, Georgia baseball, UVA baseball. Like I have these, these are like some of my, my good friends that I have here. And those five places, the first thing they do when a freshman comes on campus or a transfer comes on campus is they break you down from a movement standpoint. I, we don't care if you can lift 400 or 500, like we, we don't care. Mm-hmm. We want you to move well. We want you to learn how to use your bodies well. And I can guarantee you that if you go to a place and you do the heavy lifting, like four months of, for four years of your high school, you know, career you go and you learn how to move your body you learn how to hinge you learn how to squat properly not just dropping into a squat like you talked about but controlling a squat learning your body i guarantee you when you get into one of these big division one programs or i mean even at the mid-major level they're doing this yeah, yeah i yeah. guarantee you that you will accelerate through the program faster because you have a movement base because the coach will give you the green light and say you move well let's add a little more weight to it right it's one of those things like they want to make sure that, 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 again, because in these programs, you're an investment for four to five years, like I talked about. They want to make mm-hmm. sure that you move well. So if you do the, the, the boring stuff now when you're in high school, find somewhere fun, do it consistently, and do the basics savagely well, over four years, you will be rewarded with that, and you'll actually be probably ahead of the curve when it comes to people who are just squatting 400 with no form, with, with a weight belt where their back you know, is bent mm-hmm. over, and you look at that squat, and you're like, eesh, I didn't yeah. look pretty good, right? So I think... You know, those are kind of the, the, the big things when it comes to looking for a place. And, you know, everywhere is going to differ. You know, I'm not talking about for, for your four years or wherever you pick. You have to just gobble the squat the rest of the time. I'm talking about there's an approach to it. You know, there's there's an approach of teaching you the movement first and foremost, and then obviously adding all more weight and getting you stronger and getting you physically, you know, uh, physically stronger, physically, you know, bigger, but also training you like an athlete as well. Um, I, I think I think those are some big key aspects when it comes to looking for a resource for when it comes to training um, that, that, that kind of, you know, get get pushed the weight up because you like you said, everybody kind of wants to get bigger and want mm-hmm. to you know put on size and strength. And that's important quality. Like I said, I mean, college baseball and, and football's the physicality of it is getting getting more important. I mean, you, we all saw Paul Skeens pitching the, the College World oh, Series. Yeah. I mean, this dude's up here, you know, he's he's, you know, it, looks like a man you know and he's just in college so everybody wants to look like that everybody wants to be like that but that that didn't just come from you know just you know three months of training one year of training mm-hmm. you know that came from for him for a long-term investment his development over over a long term and then ensuring there you know obviously it's a genetics piece too as well not exactly built like that i'd love to be built like that but <laughs> from a genetics piece i'm not like that but yeah. you know it's it's also a development piece as well you, so you, how you don't have to by accident so how would you say that training differs from in season to off season? Uh, of course, I know the answer. Well, not all answers. I'm not Nostradamus, but um, I kind of can. I kind of can fill it out. But how would you say, from your perspective, that training differs in season training versus off season training? Yeah, our, our I know training, intensities. I know intensities are, are one thing, but how, how do you look at it? Like our, our training doesn't really differ between the off season or the in season, which like a lot of people are like, really? Like we, when I, I tell a lot of people we're in season, we don't maintain, we train. Arguably mm-hmm. we're probably going to be our fastest, our strongest, our most powerful in season. 
right? Um, that's that's kind of kind of a big piece for us. But you know, the biggest thing, you know, in the off season, what we're doing is we're putting on more volume. You know, we're adding more sets and reps. We're we're trying to get these guys physically stronger, build, giving them the capacity to produce outputs. And you know, that's going to look like obviously, like I said, higher intensities, but also you know, higher rep counts too, because you know we can do that because the primary emphasis is the weight room. It's one of those things that, yeah, they're playing fall ball, they're playing that. And during those times, we'll take back in the weight room. We'll lower the volumes down because there are a couple things that get you sore when it comes to to in-season and training, right? The first thing is that if you introduce a new main movement, that's Mm -hmm. saying if if you go from back squatting your entire off-season to then when you go in-season, you're going to split squat, you're going to be pretty sore, right? It's one Mm -hmm. of those things you're going to be pretty sore until your body acclimates to that. The second thing is volume. If you have too much volume in your program, you're going to get sore. And that's the last thing that you want when it comes to you playing a, a weekend series against Vanderbilt, right? You don't, you don't right, want your right, guys right. to be sore after that. So it's one of those things that if we're split squatting in the uh, in the off season, we're going to split squat in season. We're benching. Like our main movements are going to stay the same throughout the end season, and now that's a big key for us because we don't want any of that soreness. They're used to it. They're comfortable with it. We're going to add on to that. Now in season, like you talked about. We're going to make sure that intensities are still a little bit higher, but they're not like we're not reaching one rep maxes. Like I think the max that we'll ever do intensity wise is 85%. And people like really undervalue like just how uh, much stronger you can get by working between like 78 to 85%. Like it, it's crazy. Like you're not working at your one rep max, but you're still getting better. You're still getting stronger. And ultimately that 85% is going to be stronger throughout the end season. Mm-hmm. Another thing in season. We're still sprinting. We're still jumping. We're still throwing. It's like I said in the beginning, we're going to be our fastest in season. And I've seen that through countless seasons, through four seasons that I've been working with a baseball team. When we time our sprints, we time them every week. It's one of those things that we are actually getting faster towards the end of the season. So a lot of times when, you know, let's say a team, you have them, they're just weightlifting. You know, it's one of those things that they might probably be getting getting slower because maybe they're, you know, they have the stress of, of, of game time. They have the stress of practice and everything like that, academics. We're actually getting faster. We're actually probably going to be our best come postseason time because we're making sure our guys are faster, bigger, stronger, explosive. We're making sure that, you know, that's an emphasis for us. Um, additionally, too, I'll say this is that we know that there are times where we need to pull back in season because, mm-hmm. like you said, this is a huge piece and you touched on it. Your biggest ability is your availability especially in the SEC. It's one of those things where if your best guy isn't playing on the weekend, then that's a huge bat out of the lineup. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that, oh, yeah. that, that's a huge part of your rotation right there. So what we do a lot of times with our guys who have high innings, we take their reps and sets down and, and you know, they still hit some higher intensities, but it's going to be a lot lower than some of your guys, you know, who are maybe just like, you know, um, you know, just along, you know, maybe they're your, your, uh, your bullpen. You know, a mm-hmm. part of that, they're not going to necessarily pitch every weekend, but they're still training or maybe your second string guys, you know, they're going to be taking less reps and less uh, sets uh, just to make sure that they're still in a, in a state where they're still comfortable. They're still relaxed. They're still um, ready to play the game and, and, and be ready for practice. So we, we do that on, on a need needs basis, right? Um, just for guys, if, if one of our guys comes in, he's like, oh, man, I'm shot from practice. You know, I, I just don't feel well. We'll, we'll, we'll tone it down, right? Um, and then the next day, you know, we'll see if we can ramp it up a little bit more based on how they're feeling. Um, but, you know, that that's kind of, a, you know, an all-over-the-place answer. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it, again, yeah. you know, we're, we're not – if you're setting yourself for the all-season, you should be setting yourself up for the end-season as well. Yeah, I think, uh, the, uh, to me personally, I think that's something that, that I see uh, lag, lag with uh, high school athletics is, you know, a lot of kids get to the season and then they stop training completely. Mm-hmm. Or, you know – because of resources, coaches aren't able to uh, continue in-season training or even in-season training to the intensity um, that the athlete can even, one, benefit from it, or two, uh, 
hold what they have, what they what they gained over the summer or the spring uh, semester. Um, and then even even with baseball, I know some 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 teams now, uh, travel teams now, are leaning more towards the strength and conditioning. Uh, but I know a lot of them are like, you know, it's just not really a priority until they get to the the D one level where they sign on, and then it's like a shock factor because I have to actually lift weights on on a regular basis. Um, which I guess I would ask you, what what are common areas of development that you uh, that you see with athletes? Um, that they don't transition well from high school um, or, or to the collegiate level uh, due to, you know, anything within the strength and conditioning ranks or speed ranks. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for, for us, I, I actually had the same question on another podcast and it was one of those things where surprising, like we talked about, there are so many resources out there for these guys to get bigger, stronger. And so we do see guys who are bigger and stronger coming into these settings, but you'd be surprised, man, like how many guys just don't know how to use their body or have ne- like, like when we take them through a speed warm up the first day, just a simple like knee <laughs> switch of opposite arm, opposite leg. Like these yeah. guys like like baby deer, like they've never done it before, right? Yeah, it's one of those things where these guys like these guys don't have those connections in their brain. They don't know their body. They're big, they're strong, they've lifted heavy weights, but they don't truly know how to use their bodies in an effective manner. So I think for us, that's kind of a big limitation that I see, you know, with a lot of these guys and. A big part of breaking down your movement for us, like I said, is teaching your body how to move properly, mm-hmm. especially in a hinge. I mean, another thing, you'd be so surprised how many guys don't know how to properly execute an RDL, a hinge. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's it's unbelievable. Guys don't know how to how to separate their hips from their from their knees of how to be able to just sink your hips back. And yeah. and that's something that's a testament to like you know, you to yeah, get stronger, but just not knowing like how to do it. Um, so like that's something that we do harp in our program. And obviously, you know, by doing our speed work three days out of the week for our, our speed sessions, they get better doing it. And we start off, like I said, from the bare bones, you know, we're not adding too much intensity. We're not mm-hmm. taking in them into a, a one, two, three stick. You know, it's one of those things where we're, we're definitely not going to do that. If these guys just don't know how to do a simple, like just switch of their arms, switch of their legs, opposite arms, yeah. opposite legs. So it's one of the things we've built out into it. Um, and, you know, the same thing in the weight room. We do the same thing with an RDO. We start off open bar, obviously teach them how to use their hips. It's very much so rudimentary, just allowing these guys to feel themselves. And um, we do a couple other specialty things for yeah. teaching guys how to use them, their, their body. You know, we do a, a big thing for us, especially baseball players, is, is we do a, a pelvic control, pelvic motor control, teaching these their, their bodies how to, you know, be able to stack their rib cage over top of their pelvis, make sure that, they, you know, that's super important, especially for our hitters, our pitchers being able to to carry their center of mass down the mound or carry their center of mass, you know, when they're in the box. So that's something where we, we try to emphasize that. It's kind of a skill piece um, that, you know, I don't know necessarily if they're thinking about that when they're in a box, but it's something that's applicable to, to the sport. Um, and then I, I guess also a big thing too uh, for, for us that we see, but it's not necessarily a technical thing. It's probably the habits that they have. It's it's it stems from the recovery portion mainly. Like mm-hmm. guys just aren't used to 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 you know getting seven eight hours of sleep or like you know um, going and eating three true meals a day. It's it's a struggle, and it's something here. The nutrition piece, nutrition is the X factor. You know, I tell guys, hey, we're gonna train hard, but we're gonna recover harder. So it's one of those things that we're on these guys when it comes to their nutrition. We have breakfast checks in the morning. We make sure guys show up to breakfast, make sure that they're getting their nutrition in. And it's something that originally it was something that guys were like, okay, uh, you know, this, this kind of sucks. But eventually 
after a month or two, these guys are seeing their body weights increases, their string numbers are increasing, guys are chasing body weight, they're excited when they're hitting their goal weight. I mean, it, it's one of those things where they're bought in. They're fully bought in. And it's it's a testament that to them, first and foremost, of them putting in the work and being disciplined enough to wake themselves up and go to bed earlier and show up and get breakfast, lunch, and dinner as well, because those are two easy meals you already mm-hmm. get, but breakfast is kind of one you missed. But, um, you know, that's kind of something that, that we kind of, uh, demand of our guys to do is to show up to breakfast and, and you know obviously guys are are I mean even our head coach commented on the other day he was like man I'm, I'm really impressed with how good our guys look. They, they look stronger they look bigger yeah. you know and, and so it's one of those things where uh, you know getting the habit early on especially if you're a high school kid of, of getting three meals a day because uh, that's going to be your biggest thing sure you're training hard but the weight room is meant to break you down. It's not meant to build you up. It's meant to break you down. That's how scientifically it works. And then you mm-hmm. go out, you sleep, you eat, you recover, and that's where your body builds. You sleep, and your body releases the hormones that allow your body to build back up. So, like at the end of the day, you know, you have to make sure that your habits are there, and you're setting yourself up for success when you get to the college setting. Because you know, maybe you're not going to come to a program like like here or like another program where they're going to emphasize the nutrition aspect. They're just going to tell you do whatever you want. But you mm-hmm. have those good habits in place and you're putting yourself in the best position possible that when you're going through this developmental strength program, you're going to probably see better results because of it. Yeah. And I think uh, you said something that's key. I, sleep. Sleep is uh, I got this book. It's by uh, Nick Littlejohn. Uh, he yep. talks about he's, uh, he's uh, not Littlejohn, Little, Little Hales. Uh, but he's uh, he talks about sleep and naps. And I pull this book out whenever people talk about me taking naps because I like napping. Uh, right now, I don't have any kids yet, but they're gonna be trained to to, to take naps. But uh, but man, I love I love I think sleep is one of the things, uh, especially now with phones. Um, that I think that that lacks a lot with uh and, and holds back a lot of the potential with uh sp- sports performance training. Uh, right now I'm doing this podcast. I got my blue light blockers on. Um, just just the little steps, making sure I got enough uh vitamin D in my diet. Um, taking well, I take a vitamin D supplement. Um, making sure I'm sleeping well, the quality of my sleep. Uh, also thoughts, you know, some nights I don't get get great sleep, but then if I tell myself I got great sleep, that that's a big factor as well. And um, it's not always, you know, some people like like for me, I know I can't sleep eight straight, but I sleep seven. I catch a nap in the day, make sure I'm stacking my sleep, and make sure I can I can go about my day. And that's and that's just being real. Um, a lot of you guys, I know that y'all be up late on uh the TikTok, Snapchat, whatever you got going on, especially in college. I know that you up to three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, but no, no apparent reason. And <laughs> you come yeah, in at I, five, I mean, six I o'clock, workout, dragging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you come in. I come so. our, guy, our guys are like, I was like, man, you look tired today. He's like, oh yeah, I know. I was playing the new Fortnite update. I'm like, dude. <laughs> come on now. And I guess, I guess we'll finish with this. Uh, we, we were going, we'll, we'll make this our conclusion. What uh what mentality should athletes take from season to season in order to be successful? Yeah. You gotta you gotta fall in love with the process, right? It's one of those things that if you're a freshman coming on campus or you're a freshman in high school, like I said, you're not gonna show up the first day and just be absolutely, you know, blown it away. Unless you're like really good skill wise, it's gonna take some time. I think I heard a stat the other day, it's like four percent of freshmen and in the college baseball setting, start their first year, 4%. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a low number, especially when you get to the position side of things. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things everybody wants to play, and that's super important, but you also have to understand that there's a process that's going to allow you to play. A lot of the guys in front of you didn't start their first year either, and they had a process, they had a, a buildup into where they are out 
where, where they are now, right? Um, so right. I, I think for, for any high school kid going from season to season, you have to understand uh, the long term, but you can't look too far in the long term. You have to be process oriented in the now because, you know, it, it's something I don't know where I got this quote from or where I got this like notion from, but it was one of those things that I took away that every day you come in is another bullet point in your resume, right? It's one mm-hmm. of those things where if you get too conflicted and too, you know, focused on the, the end goal of next season, you're missing about what you're being able to do in the moment, right? So right. like I said, every day you come in, you have a bullet point for yourself and every day that you make good habits, whether that's, you know, um, you know, lifting well or, or getting that meal at breakfast or going to bed earlier, you know, that is a bullet point of the character that you want to be. And over time, you execute those habits really well. When you're ready to play a year, three years down the road, you have a stack of proof for yourself that says, I am a, you know, I sleep early, I recover harder, I train hard in the weight room, I do anything, you know, that that my coach tells me to, you know, Mm -hmm. because he's invested in my program. You know, you set yourself mentally and the space where I'm confident I've built up the habits, I've done the hard work, the heavy lifting day in and day out from season to season, and now when your time comes, you are ready to be able to uh, to take that moment in season, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, while you look to next season, you you can't be caught up with, with the now. If, like I said, if you're a freshman who's not getting the opportunity to play, take the time now to really focus on the weight room. Focus on getting your craft up. Take those 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 days and make sure that you're getting one percent better every day. And eventually, if you do that and you have that mindset, then when you get to next season, because it'll come up fast, you'll be in the right spot and you'll be in a better spot than when where you were when you started from the previous season. Um, you know, and and that that's a testament to a lot of guys just never being satisfied with 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 um, their training and how they develop. You know, don't be satisfied mm-hmm. with with just how you you played that year. You know, always chase perfection, even though you'll never get perfection. I'll, I'll never, my guys will never lift to perfection, but that's the goal in mind. You know, I'm always going to be on, I'm always going to make sure that they're, they're moving. Right. You know, that's, that's a testament. You know, a lot of guys who are, who are perfectionists and people who chase perfection are pretty good competitors and, you know, they, they push themselves past, past their limits and, and do things that are going to make them uncomfortable that are ultimately going to benefit them in the long run. So, um, you know, stay consistent in the now, stay consistent in the present, get 1% better, build on that resume. So at the end of the day, you know, you have a good stack of proof for yourself, uh, come next season. Oh yeah. Well man, we appreciate it. I thank you for your time, coach. Um I know we we've been at it for a while, but I appreciate the time. I don't take it lightly. Um thanks for answering the DM and uh man, I look forward to linking up with you soon. Um especially, you know, exchanging material, uh just learning more about the sports, uh the sports performance and strength and conditioning side of things. Um something that I kind of look at uh with with any of you that, that are listening to this podcast is just like you you forever have to be a student. I don't care how long you've been in the game of whatever you're doing, whether it be accounting, um, whether it be the best coin flipper, whatever it is, like you, you have to be a student uh, of the game and the craft. And sports performance, like Coach uh, Lakey alluded to earlier, is, is only 50 years old. So a lot of things that we're learning um, now are probably concepts from, I would probably say off the top of my head, and I haven't looked this up, so don't don't quote me, but. I would probably say concepts from 20, 20 to 30 years ago. Um, that's just from the history and then learning new things today due to the technology, uh, such as the uh, the trainers where you can check out bar speed, where you can look at patterns, uh, movement patterns and things like that, which are enhancing what we are able to do today. And so um, just always be very cognizant of the process. Uh, look at how the pro- how you're going through the process with whatever trainer that you're using whatever coach that's, that's, uh, that's coaching you to do whatever you, that whatever it is you're doing, 
I know I've seen on social media. I cannot remember the guy's name, but he had this girl, little, little girl, actually. Um, she was uh doing quarter squats with like 500 pounds on her back. And as soon as it was over, she grabbed her back. I follow Challenger Strength. He always has some some pretty good videos. Uh, and she grabbed her back. And, um, you know, just, just little cues as, as far as like making sure you got tension in your hamstrings uh, whenever you're uh, deadlifting and not a lot of slack in your back. Uh, things like that and understanding that will help you when you get to the next level to understand what they're saying. Um, because I know a lot of times, again, in high school, I'm going to use a lot of y'all athletes. You don't have a lot of coaches who can um, cue you up a lot because that coach may be your defensive coordinator as well as your uh, team equipment manager and your uh, making sure y'all got uh, your nutritionist. So, I mean, we're not going to put that much on them, but that's why I try to give you guys as many free free resources uh, as possible. But, um, but yeah, just always make sure that you, you're getting 1% better every day. That does not equal perfection. I'm going to keep preaching that. It's just 1%. And after you see that and after you continue on that path, you'll see it start compounding and you'll be the best athlete possible. So, again, thank you, Coach Lakey, um, and we appreciate it, man. Yeah, Justin, I uh, appreciate you. Let me come on and, and talk some shop, and we'll stay in touch in the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, as always, y'all, be legendary. So.